This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now. To the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. All right, you chipmunks, ready to sing your song? Okay, we are. Yeah. Let's sing it now. Okay, Simon. Okay. Okay, Theodore. Okay. Okay, Alvin. Alvin. Alvin! Alvin Bragg and his chipmunk lawyers who uh, are scurrying about the Manhattan DA's office and they're high-fiving one another, they're for toots because they're on the cusp of indicting the former president of the United States, Donald Trump. And I must tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you all know, in 2015, I was labeled an ever-Trumper, a rhino, and I certainly am, there's no doubt about that. It didn't uh, keep me from winning the Republican primary for mayor. I crushed uh, the Trumper, who was Fernando Mateo, hasn't been seen since. But in reality, this is who disgraziata. This is a shanda. I think everybody out there can acknowledge this. Even Democrats have been telling me in the many St. Patrick's Day parades that I've attended this month that this is absolutely insane in the brain. Okay, fellas, get ready. Yeah, get ready. Let me hear it again. Very good, Theodore. Uh, Alvin, you're a little flat. Watch it. Alvin. Alvin. Alvin! So this is uh, an ode... To Alvin Bragg and his chipmunk lawyers, the assistant district attorneys, who turn criminals loose in the streets of Manhattan each and every day for the most egregious, violent crimes. I mean, crimes that you just can't imagine. You're going to give them a disappearance ticket, a desk appearance ticket, after they pushed a guy in the tracks and were hoping that a subway train would run over them? Are you out of your mind? That goes on on an everyday basis. But the number one um, most uh, wanted enemy of Alvin Bragg and his chipmunk assistant district attorneys at the Manhattan DA's office is the former president of the United States, Donald Trump. Well, let me be the first to say, as I was saying all last night, that when Alvin Bragg was elected DA of Manhattan, and remember, I live in Manhattan, the Upper West Side. They love Alvin Bragg. If there were a recall in New York State, which we don't have and we should have like California, like New Jersey, a lot of people don't realize that in New Jersey, you can recall your mayors, uh, you can recall your governor. There have been attempts to do that. You have recall. Use it. But we don't have recall in New York State. So I had floated a petition that now has 21,000 signatures on it from the day he was elected into office. 
and um, we got to get rid of them. And the reason that I want you to join me in this effort to get rid of Alvin Bragg and his chipmunk lawyers once and for all, and you got to go to my Twitter and click on the link to recall Alvin and his chipmunks. Make sure you put your name on it. I got 21,000 signatures. They're mounting as of last night. My uh, gorgeous wife, Nancy, who's an e-attorney, was able to uh, research it and study it. And as uh, so many others have said, removal of D.A. Alvin Bragg is in the state legislation, Section 34, Proceedings for Removal by Governor. And it can be done. Governor also has the power, Kathy Crimewave Holcomb, to remove a mayor. Remember, that became the argument when Andrew evilized Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Facha Bruta Cuomo, was the governor. And at odds with the Italian stallion Bill de Blasio, the both of them having been lifelong friends and allies. In fact, it was uh, at the time Andrew Cuomo was the head of HUD and head of the Northeast Division of uh, Housing and Urban Development for Bill Clinton was, yes, Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, who single-handedly destroyed this city that we love in eight years. But not going to do it. Cuomo didn't remove de Blasio. He should have, especially when he left and he went away like Don Quixote to campaign for the presidency of the United States. How did that work out? Swinging at the windmills in Iowa and South Carolina and Las Vegas. But I digress. Let's get back on track because uh, once the deed is done, and let's face it, there is the reality that Donald Trump, Trump looks forward to this. In fact, it's too bad because yesterday when I was at the uh, Park Slope uh, annual St. Patrick's Day Parade, and oh my God, later on uh, we're going to do our tribute to Bernie McGurk. I never saw such love pour forth for anybody in my life, and these parades all all through the month of March are proving that to me as I attended with my son, little Anthony Chester, who wears the kilts, plays the bagpipes, and speaks Gaelic. I can't figure that out. But a retired detective from the NYP, Rosie Kelly, and her gal pals, who all had been cops, retired. They live out in the Irish Riviera, Breezing Point. She showed me a picture in 1994 where she cuffed me. She was ordered to arrest me outside of the Grand Army Plaza Memorial in Brooklyn, across from the library, Prospect Park, and the museum uh, that was dedicated to the uh, sailors uh, and to the servicemen who fought. In the Civil War, the Union servicemen and sailors, uh, hundreds of thousands who died. And it was an attempt to put up a anti-cop, killed the cop, piece uh, of work, they called it, art, by a guy named Dred Scott. He was a communist artist, and the Parks uh, Commissioner of Brooklyn allowed him to do it. And I went in there and tried to stop it, and I got arrested. And it was a retired detective from the NYPD, Rosie Kelly, who was ordered to do it. But I'm going to post this picture tomorrow because this is the position that Donald Trump has to take. He's got to be real serious. He's got to tell him, look, you cuff me behind my back. When the judge uh, says, uh, okay, we got to fingerprint you, uh, uh, Donald Trump. We got to photograph you and then we'll release you. Uh, Alvin Bragg and his chipmunk lawyers may get a little excited and want to impose some sort of bail. Donald Trump should say, no, send me to the Rock, send me to Rikers Island. They'll put him in Punk City, protective custody. 
but that will continue the image that he is the Joan of Arc. He is the sacrificial lamb. And boy, this is playing all to Donald Trump. Uh, Democrats, uh, they may be fatuts. They may feel, hey, yeah, high five, high five. We got him. This is absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I'd be more than happy to give the former president a uh, uh, sort of uh, practice. Practice getting cuffed. Practice always having that serious face. He has that anyway. And demand that they put you out in the rock. You're not going to pay a nickel, dime, or penny of bail. And wouldn't that be great? Ha! Ha! Oh, to be continued. And wait a second. The biggest problem that you have down in Manhattan Criminal Court, of which I've been in and out of so many times, 100 Senate Street, is the following. When you walk into the court, there is the smell of reefer everywhere. Because I smell some weed. Someone is smoking. <laughs> Someone is smoking. <laughs> uh, you, you dummy. Uh, the reason there's the smell of weed everywhere is because marijuana was legalized in 2021 by Andrew Evilized Cuomo, King Cuomo II, and the son of Mario Faccia Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo I. Hey, Andrew, I send them a two siu provenance facci. And out there at your compound with Fredo with the muscle between his uh, ears and your wartime consigliere who did six years for political corruption, Joe Pococo. I know you've hit the mattresses. You're stirring the marinara sauce. You're planning your comeback. But that was 2021. And they only had three legal weed shops open now. There's 2,000 illegal weed shops that have popped up everywhere. I mean, every available retail state space of the old mom and pop shops. They closed at the height of the pandemic and the lockdown in March of 2020. Have been flipped over by the landlords who can't find anybody to rent. And what happens is guys will come in, a lot of Yemenites who own bodegas, and they'll say, hey, tell you what, we already do business with you on the corner for our bodega. How about we go month to month, you just rent us this uh, storefront, and we call it a tobacco shop. We call it a smoke shop. And, I mean, they're 2,000. They're going to tell you they're 1,200, 1,500. I'm telling you there are about 2,000 illegal weed shops open in the five boroughs of the city of New York. It's the fastest-growing business, and the mayor has done Jack Diddley squat about that. In fact, can I hear from the mayor again here, Lou? This is all the goofball can talk about when we talk about all the illegal weed that's being sold in the five boroughs of the city of New York. Because I smell some weed. Someone is smoking. <laughs> Someone is smoking. <laughs> what a goofball. It's like a kid out of junior high school who smoked that first joint of ragweed. Let me get down to the principles of this business. They legalized it, and they didn't open up legal weed shops quickly and expeditiously. There are only three. They're all in Greenwich Village. Could you believe that? The outer boroughs have no legal weed shops. So what happens the black market says we already have money because you can't open up a bank account. Uh, if you ever go into a bank, even the ones that have collapsed and failed uh, two by two and say, hey, you know, uh, I, I, run a, I run a weed shop. I want to open up a bank account. Well, it's still considered illegal by the federal government and ridiculous as it is. The DEA has it listed as a level one dangerous drug equal to fentanyl. That is crazy. So you can't open up a bank account. So here it is, you have all these restrictions on opening up legal weed shops, and then the same Alvin Bragg, friend of the criminal, who's going to indict, cuff, fingerprint, and photograph the former president of the United States tomorrow, if, in fact, Donald Trump 
is correct in his observations. Had a press conference in February with Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, and they said they're going after landlords who allow these illegal weed shops to pop up, the pop-up shops. Just the other day on Steinway Street in the middle of that story, I counted five just on one block. Five! With another sign in another window saying, hey, smoke shop to open up at the end of the month. We know what that means, an illegal weed shop. And there was Alvin Bragg saying, I'm going to use civil forfeiture. You know, we used to do this years and years ago, the Manhattan DA's office back in the days of D.A. Hogan, when we would close down the houses of prostitution in private dwellings, in apartment buildings, or even in retail establishments. Civil forfeiture. And everybody said, oh, wow, this is a new tool in the battle against the sale of illegal weed in all the pop-up shops in the five boroughs of the city of New York. But let's look at the experiment in Manhattan. Hey, they all said the other DAs, this is something for us to watch. That was February. We're already at the end of March. How many weed shops have they closed? Have they padlocked? One. One. And across the street from City Hall, how embarrassing. There is a weed shop opened up almost 18 hours a day called Jungle Boys. And the sheriff, who is a do-nothing sheriff because they don't have enforcement powers. All they do is write tickets. Anthony Miranda, who looks like Lurch from the Adams family. You rang has tried to close the Jungle Boys weed shop 285 feet across from City Hall. And guess what? They've opened up within an hour. He's written up tickets. He sees the contraband. He sees the vaping equipment. He sees the edibles. He sees the rolled joints, the pre-rolled joints, and nothing. And all the mayor can say as a response when he walks out of City Hall, as he looks across the street to Jungle Boys, the illegal weed shop... Because I smell some weed. Someone is smoking. <laughs> Someone is smoking. <laughs> if ever this was a side of impotence on the part of a mayor, this is certainly it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. And it could certainly apply to this $27 million super train that the MTA money-taking agency has tested out 
on the tracks of the A train going from Washington Heights all the way out to Mott Avenue, Far Rockaway. And what have we determined, even though they have working video cameras in each and every car, which the other 4,200 subway cars in the system do not have, is it doesn't matter. Because obviously, if they're watching everything going on in this super train, they're doing absolutely jackedly squat nothing to stop it. A number one, you saw the situation when those Hispanic thugs and thuggets dragged that poor black young boy off on the platform of 181st Street in Washington Heights, autistic as he was, beat the living daylights out of him, dropped the N-bomb on him. Guarantee you, if it were white kids who did that, uh, Al Slim Shady Sharpton would have been up and at him, no justice, no peace. Black Lives Matter, a.k.a. Big Large Mansions and Antifa would have been marching down the streets, threatening to bust up every mom-and-pop shop. That was Hispanics, right? Hey, aren't they entitled to drop the N-bomb? No, nobody should. But anyway, they beat the living daylights out of this kid and then dragged him back onto what? The Super Train, the $27 million Super Train with video cameras running. And nobody did anything. And nobody did anything. And then all of a sudden, the New York Post said, hey, why don't we just ride the Super Train from Washington Heights, the last stop, all the way out to Far Rockaway, Mart Avenue, and they did it. What did they find? Guys were shooting up drugs. Nothing was being done. Guys were smoking weed and were drinking malt liquor. Nothing was being done. Homeless people were setting up an encampment. Why? Because it's warmer on the super train than it is other trains. And then you had the emotionally disturbed roaming up and down like zombies from dawn of the dead, intimidating other homeless people, intimidating passengers, so what the hell do we get for $27 million? Nothing. And the stench, the smell, was twisting the hairs in people's schnozzes, nostrils, and they were fleeing the cars. Now, this is the experimental car in which they don't have the gangplank opened up. The future cars that will be coming down the line, they've spent like $3.2 billion for them will have open access from car to car. So you can imagine a smelly homeless guy who's sleeping on the train. That stench is going to waffle through each and every one of the cars driving you off the train. And guys smoking ragweed. Or even worse, right? I mean, they'll be smoking shrooms, uh, which is like the worst smell imaginable. And, man, people are going to go fleeing for cover. So what do we get for $27 million per train, MTA? Uh, money-taking agency, we get, collectively, we get Ugats, and we get Bupkis. And instead of focusing on your inability to manage just one train on this vast subway system that is in chaos, what does the whole world focus on yesterday? Oh, drag queen now. Oh, my God. Let's hear it. Oh, here it comes. Here it comes. George Santos, three snaps up. Where are you, drag queen George Santos? Oh, that's right. Courtesy of Peter King and the Nassau County GOP. He is sitting in the House of Representatives. Too bad he didn't make a cameo appearance yesterday. In the drag queen, not our, ours. That was sponsored by Tish James, the top elected law enforcement officer in all of New York, who is not going after criminals who only in civil litigation goes after anything labeled Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump Jr., any Trump family member, any Trump business concern, anything that has Trump signage. 
Tish James is sure to file civil suits against them. But she decided with our tax dollars yesterday, she would sit there like the queen bee. She literally was sitting on a throne. And, I mean, drag queen after drag queen was parading by her. The one I loved the most was, I think this was her name, his name. Well, well, what did I say? He, she, I'm I'm so confused with these non-binary terms. The 72 different gender identification terms that you can uh, require that you be addressed as by the moment, by the hour, by the day, by the week, by the month, by the year. Shirley Delta Blow. Now, what does blow mean? Is it talking about cocaine like Curtis Blow, these other breaks? Or are we talking about oral fixation? I don't know. But anyway, she I think she was one of the performers. They were stretching. They were like Gumby. They were active. They were reading to the little kids. And naturally, it became the issue of the day. Not all the crime in the city. Not all the crime in the state. Not all the exodus that continues to take place down in Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Texas, Tennessee, and parts unknown. The drag queen hours that drew over a hundred protesters on both sides. This is like the clash. This is like the crusades, you know, where crusaders were going to liberate the Holy Land, Jerusalem, from the Muslims. Both sides, right? They're battling. Anti-drag queen uh, protesters, pro-drag queen protesters, they want to clash. The only thing they have to do in their lives is to show up outside of public libraries and clash, 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 clash. And I say to myself, hold on a second. Do we really want to invest so much of our time and energy to elevating drag queens on a pedestal? Well, we already have, right? Cousin Milty, right? Uh, Milton Burrow. He was the first drag queen, right, on TV. Back when I was birthed, 1954, the most popular show in America. Every week we would see Milton Burrow in drag. He was even on one of the floats at the Thanksgiving Day Parade right before Santa Claus, dressed in drag. And let's not forget, what was his name? That was Geraldine. Remember Geraldine would sit there and do interviews? Oh, my God, that was the black version of the drag queens. And that was early on in the 60s. So, ladies and gentlemen, we've had drag queens all with us all throughout history. But all of a sudden, it has become the premier issue of America in the cultural wars. And you would think nothing else is important. Oh, three snaps up. Say it, RuPaul. Let's see, is RuPaul related to former Congressman Ron Paul, Rand Paul? I don't know. Yeah, okay, enough, 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 RuPaul. Take it back to Drag Race. Just to give you some updates, hormone therapy for trans kids is supported at the highest levels of the Biden administration. So says the HHS. Now, what the hell the HHS says? You figure out the acronyms. Then all of a sudden, DeSantis and his cultural wars in the state of Florida is imposing a ban on gender transitioning for minors now in full effect. So these cultural wars continue. But I'm not so much concerned about the cultural wars. Look, let the parents make the decision. That's what parents are for. They want to send their kids to a uh, reading hour and some library, some school, whatever, with drag queens reading to them. That's the parents' business. Should we be using tax dollars to fund this? Of course not. There's plenty of private money to do that. But to make this the number one cultural battle in the United States... It's mindless. 
Meantime, on the home front, can I hear from Eric Adams again, the goofball, you know, who walks around the city and he smells reefer, reefer everywhere. Can I hear him? Because I smell some weed. Someone is smoking. <laughs> Someone is smoking. <laughs> yeah, you goofball. But anyway, so all of a sudden, we have a number of supporters here of Eric Adams, the mayor. Right? They are so-called Republicans. Sid Rosenberg in the morning is a Eric Adams Republican. There's no doubt about it. He kisses his tuchus every chance he gets. And then Peter King, the former congressman, he is an Eric Adams Republican. Kisses his tuchus. Gets into a photo op every time he can. Maybe he's half in the bag thinking that Eric Adams is Jerry Adams or the Sinn Féin or the IRA. I don't know. Or maybe Eric Adams is black Irish. But these guys, they latch on to Eric Adams. Let me give you an update, ladies and gentlemen. If any of you are being influenced by the influencers here at WABC, Sid Rosenberg in the morning, who has eyes only for Eric Adams, and Congressman Peter King, who is a regular contributor. Eric Adams has said the following in just the last 24 hours. Republicans are defunding the police. Republicans are defunding the police in support of Joe Biden, because as you know, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, has called himself the Biden of Brooklyn. He is now blaming Republicans for defunding the police. Not the uh, Democrat Socialists of America. No, no, no. Not AOC, all our crazy Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, leader of the DSA. No, 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 no. He never names in shames. He's afraid of her. Uh, not any of the liberal progressive Democrats in his party that on a regular basis want to defund the police, want to remove the police. Let's be perfectly honest. They want to remove the police. They want to defund the prisons. They want to remove the prisons. He never names and shames any of those in his own party. And yet he has a cadre of ass kisses here at WABC, Eric Adams, Republicans, who will not ask him nor question why, within the last 24 hours, he is now blaming Republicans for defunding the police. In addition, just last week, once again, he went on record as the mayor of the illegal aliens as they continue to flood into our city in unprecedented numbers. Welcome by Papa Chulo, who's your daddy, Eric Adams, the mayor of the illegal aliens. He's not my mayor. But he has continued to go on the record again over the weekend saying Republicans are responsible in the House of Representatives for the flood of illegal aliens coming into our city. Many of them who are staying at three-star accommodations. Like uh, <laughs> the Holiday Inn, the, the tallest Holiday Inn in the world. It's down on Rector Street in the shadow of the New York Stock Exchange. All 600 rooms, which were in uh, bankruptcy hearings in Delaware, owned by a red Chinese businessman, quite nefarious, with ties to Emperor Xi. By the way, Emperor Xi meeting with Putin today, like two peas in a pod, like a soup and a sandwich, like a horse in a carriage. This owner of the tallest Holiday Inn in the world Red Chinese business guy with affiliations to Emperor Xi for life in Red China. And in bankruptcy court, the judge said, why don't you speak to Eric Adams? He's looking for space. He says there's no room in the inn for for Joseph. By the way, yesterday was St. Joseph's Day. Did any of you celebrate that? Of course not. You were too busy celebrating St. Patrick's Day. You didn't have any Zeppelins in honor of St. Joseph's Day. But remember when Eric Adams said there's no room in the inn 
for Joseph the Carpenter, for the Blessed Virgin Mother Mary, a.k.a. the Lady of Guadalupe, or the little baby Jesus in swaddling cloth in the manger. Well, oh, boy, that lasted all the one hour. We're paying millions of dollars to a red Chinese supporter of Emperor Xi, whose hotel on Rector Street was in bankruptcy, and we bailed him out and put 600 single-able-bodied guys from Venezuela, some of them who could be drug dealers, gangbangers, sex traffickers, up at $190 a night with all the amenities, three squares a day, and they complain about the food to boot. So the next time these Eric Adam Republicans start chorusing to all of you, oh, he's trying... He really tries, but his own Democrats were opposed to him in Albany and the city council. Just remember, he blamed the Republicans for defunding the police department over the weekend, and he's blaming Republicans who are responsible in the House of Representatives for letting the illegals in. I rest my case. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Yesterday, while heading to the Park Slope St. Patrick's Day Parade along Prospect Park West, in fact, we gathered up right outside of the Schmuck the Putz, Chuck E. Cheese, Schumer's Brownstone. No show. I passed by 7th Avenue with my son, Anthony uh, Chester Sliwa. Uh, I can't say that, because when I say a person has three names, uh, I say don't trust them. So just Anthony. He had his kilts on, his bagpipes. Speaking Gaelic, I don't know where he got that from, but as we were passing all the Irish gin mills on the way to the parade, that's right, I was so proud of Anthony over the weekend. I mean, every parade he hit, especially the big one on Friday, he was part of the NYU bagpipe corps. He was on TV. I couldn't believe that. Hey, they had no time for me on TV. My son was. Everybody wanted to know, how the hell does he play the bagpipes, wear kilts, and speak Gaelic? I thought you're the son of Curtis Lee. He doesn't have a drop of Irish in him. By the way, his mother is all Polish. I want a DNA test. I don't know. I don't know. Something wrong. His stepfather is David Patterson, and uh, quite frankly, he is not black Irish. He is black, but he's not black Irish. So uh, if we can, fade back to uh, uh, the song that I was hearing out of one of the bars, Big Fella. It was so good by Black 47. And you know what that reminded me of? Who's the big fella that I've been reminded of so much? But our own Bernard McGurk. We broadcast out of the studios of Bernard McGurk here. And unfortunately, he died far too early. But he is synonymous with St. Patrick's Day. Let me just uh, say this. As I know, the Black 47, this song, Big Fella, was written in honor of the Irish revolutionary soldier and politician, as it was explained to me, Michael Collins, who led the effort to free the Irish against the oppressive Brits. 
but himself uh, was shot and killed in an ambush uh, in the fight for freedom. It reminded me of Bernard McGurk because everywhere I've been this month, and March has been a month of St. Patrick's Day parades, I think there are like 10,285 alone in the tri-state area. Although I am uh, very put off the fact that uh, James Flippin, our news guy, lives in Bloomfield and only goes to the Christopher Columbus parade. Although, did you celebrate St. Joseph's Day yesterday, right? Did you have any Zeppelins? Of course not. And then, of course, there's the corrupt news director, Noam Layden. Why is he corrupt? He lives in Hudson County, right? Did he go to uh, Jersey City, St. Uh, Patrick's Day Parade? Of course not. Newark's, which was on the 10th, where the leprechauns were afraid to show up because they might have been taken out by a drive-by shooting or even Hoboken. Won't even call it St. Patrick's Day. They call it Leprechaun Day. Of course not. They didn't go to any of that. But I make it a habit of going to as many St. Patrick's State parades as I can with the Guardian Angels and with Anthony. And I will tell you, everyone that I've been to so far, and I'm going to continue to go to till the end of the month next uh, Sunday, which is my birthday. I'm 69. I will be in Bay Ridge. It's a huge parade. Hopefully you can all come out. And uh, the tributes to Bernard McGurk. Overwhelm me. I don't get overwhelmed easily, as you know, ladies and gentlemen. I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly. In parade after parade, the first one out in the Rockaways, the Irish Riviera, the love for Bernard McGurk as they would pass the crowd along the police barricades. People would look up in the sky. They would point and they'd say, this is for Bernie. We miss Bernie. And then the next weekend when I was in uh, when I was in the neck, Throg's neck on East Tremont, huge outpouring. Again, a lot of listeners who are paying tribute to Bernard McGurk, but on Fifth Avenue Friday, as I work both sides of the barriers before the parade, it just hit me. My God, the love, the respect for Bernard McGurk. And then in Park Slope yesterday, I just want to personally thank all of you, the Irish, the non-Irish, who have kept his memory alive. Without a doubt, the greatest... uh, Greatest producer and broadcaster in the history of this thing of ours. Remember, he multitasked, and we miss him dearly, and we memorialize, memorialize him every day as we talk about how we're broadcasting all of our shows from the Bernard McGurk studio. God bless you in heaven, Bernard. Boy, you are really loved by your community everywhere I go.